University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. Scripture text for the morning. Oh, wait, one more thing. The last time I, the, the first time, last time that I preached here, uh, after the service, Sunday afternoon, after, uh, after the, later that afternoon, my son Michael said, so, what did you think about that big clock staring you in the face on the balcony wall? I looked at him and with all honesty and sincerity, I said, what clock? <laughs> okay, I had not even noticed it. Now, I do see it this morning. That's probably the last time I'm going to look at it, all right? But don't, I would not worry about that if I were you. I am from the stand up, speak up, sit down school of public speaking, okay? So that's where we will go. So our text for this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 through 31. I invite you to stand with me as we read the word of God. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Please be seated. Let's pray together. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon us. Bathe us with your, with your love. Let your refining fire pour through us and equip us for the work that you have set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure you recognize these words from 1 Corinthians that we've just read together. The church at Corinth was founded by Paul on what we call his second missionary journey. He'd heard that Macedonian call to come over and help us, and he made his way down through Philippi, down through Thessalonica, on, on through Athens, and finally comes to Corinth, and there he spent some time working. He, 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 Paul, while he was there, by the way, uh, supported himself as a tent maker along with uh, Aquila and Priscilla, whom he met there, and he shared that, that, while, that work while he was there with them. Paul worked with this church, and then after he had moved on, more likely run out of town, but as he usually was, but after he'd moved on, word got to him, after, after some time had passed, word got to him that, that there were some things going on in the church. Well, to use a technical term, the church at Corinth was a mess. I mean, they were just torn up, and they were being torn up, not by outside forces, but they were being torn up from the inside out. 
I think it was a Baptist church, but I can't prove that, okay? It's just from personal experience, okay? But, but there were. They were being torn, torn up from the inside out, and they were, they were disrupted over a variety of issues. And Paul takes this whole letter, and they, he talks about the different issues and talks about, well, he begins the letter, though, talking about the cross of Christ. And each, each time, he's pointing them back to what Christ has done as he deals with each of the issues that have come up. They were divided over leadership. They were divided over, over forms of ministry. They were, divided over, they were divided over spiritual gifts, the gifts that God's Spirit had given to the members of the church. And that's the one he's discussing as we look at this passage of Scripture today. He's been talking about the different spiritual gifts. And the, the gift that divided the church most significantly was the gift of glossolalia, the speaking in other tongues. Now, this gift is not to be confused with what happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit descended upon the disciples, and they all began to speak. And those who heard, heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in their own language. That was totally different. What Paul is talking about here and the, the gift that was dividing the church there, well, our Pentecostal and charismatic friends have gotten it right in this case. It was the matter of speaking in unknown tongues, an ecstatic utterance that comes more from the heart than anything related to the mind. And even when there is an interpreter, it is very difficult for an interpreter to translate the experience of the, that the, the particular individual has had in this, this gift. It's rare to find in, among a Baptist church anyone that even thinks that the gift of tongues is really true, but it's scriptural. I don't necessarily like that fact because I've, I've seen churches torn up over that gift, and that's what was happening here, but it's scriptural. Now, that said, the problem was not the gift. The problem was that those who had received that specific gift felt like they were exalted above other members. It became a source of pride for them. And those who didn't have the gift were jealous over the gift. One side had pride, the other side was jealous, and they were pulling apart, being divided. And Paul writes... And once again, to use a technical term, Paul said, get over yourselves. The gift is exactly that. It is a gift. It has come to you through God's grace. Those who have received that gift, it's not from anything that you have done. You have no reason to be proud of yourselves. You're not more spiritual than anybody else. It's a gift that God knew you needed. Same thing to those who were saying, God, you didn't do enough for us because you didn't give us that gift. God has given you gifts that will make a difference in the way you serve the Lord in, in and through the church. God has blessed each member of the church, each member that has received the Spirit of God into their lives. And that, that, I believe, is what happens when we receive Jesus Christ. God's Spirit indwells us and changes us and fills us with power and with gifts. And Paul says, together, 
We are the body of Christ. And individually, we are members of it. We are the body, collectively, we are the body of Christ. And I don't want to push the metaphor too far, but you have to understand that if we are the body, then Christ himself is the head. And the body follows where the head leads. And so it is Christ who decides who, where we go and what we do. We are on the mission of Christ because we are his body. We are on the mission of Christ. And the mission of Christ is simply put, change the world. Is, isn't that the ministry of Christ? Isn't that what Christ came to do? He came to change the, change the world. The scripture says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. From perishing to life, from death to life, that's changing the world, isn't it? It's making a big difference in the world. And Paul says, we're the body. We have that mission from Christ. And individually, we are members of the body. That means we have our own roles, our own functions to serve through the church being the body of Christ. Collectively, we are the hands of Christ doing the work that Christ would do. We are the feet of Christ going where Christ would have us go. We are the arms of Christ enveloping the world with God's love. But individually, we all have our own personal responsibilities to serve and be the body of Christ. We are called to use our gifts to change the world. And let's be honest, our world needs to be changed. We've become almost numbed to the senseless taking of life that happens, happens around us nearly every day, it seems like. And we see so many things that are going on that just, well, we've become so politicized that we've become polarized and we can't come together. We disagree with everybody who doesn't absolutely agree with us. We won't even listen to them. We need, our world needs to be changed. And the only hope of changing this world, the only hope of changing this world from a, from a world that is headed for total destruction is to introduce person by person Jesus Christ to each, each person in this world. We're here to change the world by bringing the world into a knowledge, a saving knowledge. Christ. Now we can't save them, but we can bring them and Christ together, and Christ will take care of that. We do that by using our gifts. And I know how, how some of us respond to that. We think, well, yeah, you know, if I just had certain gifts, if I just had a, another gift, I, I, I could serve the Lord, but I just, I'm just not real sure that there's anything I've got that I can do. So I've been really impressed with the staff of this church since we've been, we moved here in May and we've been coming to this church since then and, and I've been really impressed with the staff of this church. And I sometimes sit back and I think, you know, I look at, at, at Tanya and I'll, I'll think, if I just had her compassion and her willingness to be vulnerable so that her emotions just literally flow out of her where we can all see, I could do something for and I see John and I think, if I just had his ability to, to notice God's activity in the, in the things that are most often overlooked and in the people that are often overlooked, 
And if I had his commanding voice, I could do something for the Lord. Now I look at Eric. I think, man, if I just had his, his obvious intelligence combined with, with his ability to remain relatable and grounded, I could do something for Jesus. And I look at Justin, and I think, if I just had his comprehension of how music and other worship forms can be used not only to engage the heart, but to challenge the mind. And if I just had his hair. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have a prayer request for this congregation. My wife has said on several occasions, I'll be in trouble for this one, but I'm going to do it anyway. My wife has said on several occasions, she is not going to be married to someone who is fat and bald. I have discovered some great places to eat in Louisiana. Y'all need to pray that I keep what hair I have left, all right? But I look at other people and I think, boy, oh, if I just had their gifts. Have you ever done that? And I have this conviction in my life that says, yeah, but I didn't call you to be them. And this conviction in my life that says, you aren't them and you never will be. You are you. And that's who I meant you to be. And you have the gifts you need. And I wondered, God, really? Am I important enough to you have even bothered to give me gifts that can be used for you? Have you ever thought that? I'm just, I'm just one in, a, in billions of people. Why would God even notice me and give me gifts? I got news for you. I grew up in a house of six boys. I had five brothers, six boys. Mom was a, was a you know, stay-at-home mom. My dad ran a bread route. We lived in a three-bedroom, one-bath house. You do the math. Yeah. Every Christmas. Not one Christmas can I ever remember. When, I, when we walked out, there were always, there were always gifts for every child. Didn't matter how old we were or how young we were. On Christmas morning, our parents had made sure there were gifts for every child. Not one of us was overlooked. And I think if my earthly father can see the gifts that I need. Oh, and by the way, there, were more than, there was more than one gift for each of us. One of the gifts was always something we really wanted. One of the gifts was always something we really needed. And then there were other things too. But those, those were always there. I'm a child of God. And you are too. Surely if my earthly father can see the needs, my parents can see the needs of the child to have gifts. Just think about the gifts that God who has all the resources of eternity can give to us. And he does. He does not leave anyone out. You have gifts that God has given to you. You have to discover those gifts and be satisfied with those gifts and then work on those gifts and develop those gifts so that you can indeed use them for the God's glory through the church and in the world in which we live. Because remember, we're called to change the world. And the world 
needs to be changed. Paul says, was saying, you are the body of Christ, and God, has, God in Christ has given you gifts to be used to make a difference. But then Paul ends this section by saying, I'll show you a still more excellent way. Now, this is how chapter 12 ends. Now, remember, Paul didn't write chapter 12, verse 27, chapter 12, verse 28. He didn't write it like that. But they've been divided up to make it easy for us to find where we are in the, in the, in the scriptures. And so, so but l l let me just ask you. How many of you know, can, can right off the bat think of what comes after 1 Corinthians chapter 12? If you know what comes after 1 Corinthians chapter 12, raise your hand, please. Oh, come on. For chapter 13. <laughs> and chapter 13, as we all know, is the love chapter. Where Paul talks about what it means to love through the power of Christ. He says... I want you to develop your gifts. I want you to find your gifts, develop your gifts, and use them. And use them in love. Use them because you love God. Use them because you, want, you love the church and you want to help this church fulfill its mission, its purpose of changing the world. And use them because you love the people who are in the world. All right, I know now that I lost some of you the moment I said our mission is to change the world. You started thinking, well, I'm, I, now, I just don't have that kind of influence. And I will say, okay, you're right. Okay. Then change your world. The world where you live. The world where you have influence. Make sure your children know about Jesus Christ. Make sure, sure that your children's children are aware of the good news of Christ. Make sure that your neighbors know that you love them through the love of Christ. Make your world change your world. You can be different. And you can make a difference when you trust Jesus Christ. Public service announcement. Tuesday, gentlemen, especially to you, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Write that down. Underline it and make sure you've got that understood. Because Valentine's Day is a day for showing intangible ways. Whether it's a card, a, a gift, flowers, candy, whatever it is. In a tangible way, you're showing someone that you love them. And I would say that's our goal for every day. To show the world in which we live the love of Jesus Christ as we use our gifts to make a difference. So discover your gifts, develop them, and in love, use them to change the world. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you have given. Lord, we sometimes wonder if what we have is enough. Then I remember a story in the Bible of a little boy who had received the gift of a lunch, five biscuits and a couple of sardines. He put it in the hands of Jesus. And what a powerful work was done. 
Lord, you've given us some gifts. Help us to put them in your hands so that you can do a mighty work to change our world. Amen. This morning, I invite you to take a moment to ask yourself, have I received the greatest gift that, Je that God offers? The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ in my life. If you haven't received that gift, there's somebody here who would love to talk with you. You can talk to me. You can talk to, to John or other members of our staff. And they'll be glad to talk with you about how to receive that gift in your own life. Or maybe you've had an idea of something that God wanted you to do. And you just hadn't felt empowered or felt like you could use your gifts in that way. Again, let me ask you to talk to the staff and find ways that they can help you to, to fulfill that dream through this church. To make a commitment to use your gifts to follow Jesus Christ. Or maybe there's that one person in your world that you know needs to know that you love them. Make the commitment to go and wrap your arms of love around them in some way. And let them know that you care. Let's stand and sing.